It's like you say, now, remember again. You remember you had kids at home and you, you told them what they had to do. You gave them assignment. Now you would say, now remember, right? And remember again. Or you've had maybe a need to be reminded. I, I, will, I caught on to this from one of my pastor friends. I would say uh, this, is gonna, this, is, this is the date, this is the time, uh, whatever we were going to do. And then he would say, would you call me a day ahead or two and remind me? How many can identify with that? Oh, so often we may forget what God has done for us. Just for a moment, we may not entirely forget it, but we may forget for a moment. Oftentimes, when we're in a trial, and Peter is writing by now the third chapter, he's saying, remember verse 2, verse 1, he said, by stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder, but you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. Know this first of all that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. There's always been mockers. People that ah, that doesn't mean anything. Ah. But that should not stop us from believing. We can expect that the enemy would want to so discord or unbelief I was with a pastor friend in uh, another meeting not this week but some weeks ago he's a pastor on a reservation in White Earth uh, up north here number one challenge unbelief unbelief it's a serious thing it's a great need. We have to be praying. What will it take for some to believe? It will take miracles. It will take signs and wonders. It will, it will be seeing some of the supernatural of God to convince people that there is a true God. There is a real God. There is a God that will come back as he said he would. And so Peter is saying, don't be surprised. There are mockers. There are going to be those who will say, live life. Live it up while you're here. There will be those who will have no time for me. But you're different. 
you have believed and you are walking with me. Through which the world explains a bit how the world was was formed out of water in verse 5 and how that the world in verse 6 was destroyed by water. The water that formed the earth also destroyed the earth. This is in the days of Noah. But verse 7 says, But the present heavens and earth by his word are being reserved for fire. And see, there's another, another time that God is going to change things and judgment. This is the earth will be is reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Now listen. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years. One day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not willing that any should perish. And that is the central thought that I want us to lay hold of this passage today. God is so patient with us. God is so long-suffering when it comes to reaching lost people that he is still waiting and he's still working and he's still working through the people of God proclaiming and living out and loving people across denominations, across racial barriers, all kinds of things. You see what it all comes down to? We're going to spend eternity somewhere. We're going to spend all eternity somewhere. And God has provided a place for him that we can escape the judgment. We can escape eternal punishment because of who Jesus is. He has provided. Well, some will say, why would God send somebody to hell? God has, does not want to send anyone to hell. He has provided a way of escaping. His provide himself comes down and lives among us. Wow. Patience. The day will come when the Lord says this is enough, just like he did in the days of Lot, Sodom, Gomorrah, just as he did in the days of Noah, when he saw that the tents of the, of, of the people were evil continuously in Noah's day it, the scripture said, God was grieved that he made man. Just think about that for a moment. Mm. But he, saw, he found a, a family. He found Noah, who says he was a righteous man. He wasn't righteous, I don't think, because he was, he was just, uh, he, he, had, he had faith. He, had, he walked with God. He was righteous because he was in relationship with God. He wasn't a perfect man, but he was in righteous, uh, he was in right relationship with God, so that made him righteous. Matt, you and I are not righteous by our own works. I can never work hard enough, be good enough 
try to earn my way. It's not by that. It's by the grace of God. I'm so glad because I cannot make it. I cannot make it on my own. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot be good enough in myself. And so admit, and that's where it, where it needs to happen. That's what. It, that's what salvation is all about. We begin to understand we are not going to get to heaven on our own. And so this eternal thing. A thousand years goes by, and in eternity, it's just a speck. How do you measure eternity? It goes on and on and on. You and I, I think we would say we, we, measure, we measure things here on earth. We measure things in our life by, by, the, by the calendar, by the sun. We, we measure things by what we got done sometimes. Whether we're we're happy or disappointed, we uh, we are likened to uh, measuring time. But God is outside of that. He has His timing, but it's way past. Many times, it's not our timing. It's about His timing. It's about His His purpose. What is your will, Lord? What is your will, God? A thousand years as one day. Almost like he's saying God can accomplish in one day more than I could accomplish in a thousand years. I mean, seriously, he could accomplish more in a moment. That I could even try. And lifetime after lifetime and lifetime after life. God is beyond our thinking. And that doesn't take too much for me. He's way past. Right? Ephesians says that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that we think. According to the power that works within us. So here's the deal. We know that we are limited. We know that we fall short. We know that without him, we cannot accomplish. And so we're, we're going to join with him. We're not going to go against him. We're going to join with him. What is it that God wants to accomplish? Here's his heart. The Lord is not slow about his promise. God wants to come again. Yes, absolutely. But here's why it seems like he tarries. Because he's not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that any should be without him for all eternity. He, I believe that God would be uh, fair and just in giving people an opportunity to accept him. Whether it be on their deathbed or the last breath, if someone is praying, I believe that there will, I believe that there's an opportunity. God wants to save. In spite of what all we may have done. And then I turn this to me. Am I patient? Not in, not a, 
doesn't even come close when it comes to God. Then I think about, well, daughters, you're patient. Thank you for being patient with me. And then am I patient with others? I need to be. How about you? I need his help. I need to be gentle and patient with other people that are not there yet. But what is it that's going to take them? What is it that's going to help and encourage a person that is sort of maybe on the outskirts or they're on the edge or they're sort of like have a sort of a faith, but you're not sure if they really have faith. It's not for you and I to judge, but at the same time, we may be concerned. We may say, you know what, I'm praying. I'm going to believe God all, that, that God will, will reveal himself to you, that he will, he will come to you. I, I, I appreciate uh, I believe that I, I'm a part of who I am today because of my parents who prayed for me and folks in the church that have prayed for me growing up and going through the years uh, of ministry and so forth and on and on and on. We need be, to be people that are praying for one another. Paul said to pray for, pray for the saints. Pray for the believers. Why? So that we do not become slack or sort of like nonchalant, just uncaring, unconcerned that, the, that the, well, this is the way the world is going and, and, and the Bible does say it's going to be this way and we know that, but at the same time, what can you and I do about it? And so someone gets an idea to reach out to a hurting family. Excellent. Someone gets an idea, you know what, you need to visit or you need to, you need a phone call. You need, you need a text. Someone gets, the Lord drops it in your heart. You know what? They're going through a lot of stuff. You know, when people listen to most is when they're hurting the most. When people are in the best state of receiving, oftentimes they're, they're just broken. Absolutely broken. And it takes someone that's patient and gentle not be like Job's friends who they come along and they're, you know, you've got this sin in your life and, you know, it's, a, it's a very obvious that you are doing something very opposite from God. And they make judgments that just pushes that person away. Are we patient? Am I patient? Can I have the heart of God? Can I have the compassion that he has for lost people? What an expectancy. The Lord's coming again to live this life with the idea the Lord could come today. How should that affect us? How should that cause us in our decisions? I really believe that we're to be productive while we're here on the earth as much as possible, that we're to occupy, the Bible says, to, uh, to, to work for me, to, to reach uh, people, and I think a lot of varieties of, of, of things that you do is a part of reaching people because you are with people that you so and so so other people are not in that arena or that trade or that place, 
And so God is using a variety of people to reach varieties of other peoples. When here verse 10 says, the day of the Lord will come. The day of the Lord. What, in, what is the day of the Lord? Is it one day? Well, it seems like there is a day, when verse 10, he says, that will, that's going to come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar. Elements will be destroyed with intense heat. The earth and the works will be burned up. By the way, I don't plan on being here. I don't know about you, but First Thessalonians says that we are expecting the Lord to catch us out of here. That the dead in Christ arise first, and he goes on, and the, those who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's called the rapture. That's expectancy. That's just what the church we ought to be expecting. It could be so, so soon. Now he goes on to the fifth chapter of 1 Thessalonians. He talks about the, the, the seasons. He talks about a judgment that is coming. He talks about it was good, it's going to be like a thief in the night. For those who are not expecting, right? So if we're expecting the Lord to come, it will not be like a thief in the night. That we will be caught up and we will escape the things that are going to come on the earth. And we will get into all kinds of ideas and revelation and we, we kind of tend to Sometimes figure it out, but then we're not totally sure. But there definitely is going to be a period of time where we do not want to be on the earth. And I'm so glad that God has made opportunity for us. He has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation. And you and I will be with him. Friends, how should we live then? How should we live then? I believe we can live with wisdom. That will say, you know what? We can be, we can get, we can be uh, comfortable. We can be, we can, we can, God said, I'll take care of your needs. I believe that, I, I think it comes down to what is more, what is most important? How do we spend our energy, our time? Uh, why do we go to work? Why do we work so hard? What should we do with our money? And all this comes down to who we are in Jesus. Let's, if we look at this verse, we say, you know what? No matter what we do on this earth, it's all going to burn up anyway. It would be pretty discouraging to live that way. What's the use to building anything? What's the use of doing anything? It's all going to burn anyway. Right? And that would become very negative and very, wow. But the Bible does also say, do your work heartily as unto the Lord, for it's Christ whom you serve. And so what it comes back to is a balance. We know that this is only temporary. We know that this life is going to pass. And you remember the saying, only what's done for Christ will last. You remember that? 
What is the signs? What are the signs of the day of the Lord? Paul wrote to Timothy, he said that men will be lovers of self. Lovers of money, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's just a part of it. Jesus said there will be earthquakes, there will be rumors of wars, wars, rumors of war. We've always seemingly have wars, but I believe that these wars are going to intensify. The nations coming against each other, and especially when you see nations going against Israel. Be warned, be, that's a, such, a, such a sign that the Lord is right at the door. He come any moment. He can catch us out of it. See, the second coming is not when he comes for his church and we're caught up. The second coming is when he comes himself down to the earth. And he says his army shall be with him. Who are they? They're the people that were in heaven. His souls. Wow. This thing has just begun. Look at this. Look at this. Your life is... A speck, but it's important. The time, when we think back at the beginning of time, how many thousands of years of whatever you believe, and I personally believe we have a younger earth than they say it is. Whatever. It's like one day. God is not in a hurry. But when he moves, we must be ready. We must not be caught off guard. We must, we must have our heart toward him. When Lot's wife looked back, she said she was, her heart was still in the city. She did not want to leave that place and part of the problem in, in the church, and this is just to, this is to encourage us, let us not become uh, indifferent or just nonchalant or slack when it comes to the visitation of God himself. We are to be seeking and hungering. As the early church, I really believe that in their lifetime, they expected Jesus to come back. You know what it does for us? It puts this old world in perspective. And we're not going to get caught up. We're not going to go in the broad, broad road as so many are kind of caught up in the crowd. Let us be the people of God that are looking and expecting the Lord himself. Wow, what a Lord that we serve. Wow, that he would, he would wait. That he's not willing that any should perish. That one day, this life as we see it here is going to be different. You know what happens after we get caught up and we're with the Lord? What the Bible says, and after all this stuff happens and the judgment happens, we're going to come back and reign with him a thousand years on the earth. That's just the start of it. Did you get a little excited maybe? We're going to go on a trip that's going to last for all eternity. 
we get to be with Jesus, we get to be with people that also. What should we do about it? Help us, help me, Lord, to love people. I know we're all here, but we have lost our patience a time or two. We've lost our patience. But then we need to reel ourselves in and say, you know what? I was just like that once. Or, you know, I did some stupid things too, right? And you start to go at it at a different angle. And some of the pro, some of the some of the challenges with a parent, if you have kids, you don't want them to make stupid mistakes like maybe you did. We we forget that the Lord lets us sometimes fail so that we can understand, you know what? Now I know I can't do this. I cannot make it in my own strength. Lord, forgive me when I've tried to do this in my own strength. Or I've tried to fix people or fix things in my thinking. When God is the only one that can fix my job is to love and encourage, point them, encourage them. You know, one of the things you can do is speak positive words to your family. Believe in them. Speak it to them. You know what? You are good at this. You know what? I think you have what it takes to become this. You know what? You're building them up. You know, the devil will tear them down. You know, the world is out there to tear everybody apart. Can we have compassion? We'll sing a last song. Cody wants to come up. Everyone needs to know that the love of God is real. And in spite of what we've done, in spite of what the enemy puts on us,